Welcome to the Steadfast Podcast, where we as a community of believers dive deep past the waves of this modern world and its culture into ourselves to find a deeper truth to anchor ourselves to. I'm your host, Braden Singer, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Henry McGalliard. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us again tonight. Um, I hope your week has been good since the last time that we uh, joined together. Um, This week, we're very excited to have uh, Parker Spencer on the show. He uh, was my older brother's best friend growing up, and uh, so I got to know him over the years very well. He uh, also was in the Marine Corps, and uh, we're just so excited to hear uh, his amazing testimony tonight. So, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all having me on. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and your faith walk, and how it has affected the person you have become and are becoming. Man, where do I start? Well, I was, y'all gave me that question, and I was kind of thinking and praying about it. And uh, I guess for starters, uh, I was born and raised in Searcy, Arkansas, right here in good old rural Arkansas. But uh, um, of course, went to school with the All Harding Academy, and and I think I'm you know a little bit older than y'all, but still got to see all around the halls and stuff. Um, growing up, you know, I was raised in church. And uh, really, I, I gave my heart to the, to the Lord when I was, you know, a real little kid. You know, got saved, got baptized, all that little stuff. Um, but it wasn't until after high school, really, and probably about a year after high school, that I really started uh, falling in love with the Lord and really developing my own personal relationship with Him. You know, I, I did the right things growing up. Uh, I was at church every time the doors were open, and I, you know, I, I was saved. I gave my heart to the Lord and everything else, but it, I didn't like pursue uh, that relationship with the Lord until, you know, until after high school. And I think what really opened my eyes was joining the Marine Corps. <laughs> you know, it's kind of eye opener after going, going from Harding Academy to week after I graduated, leaving for boot camp. Uh, but man, it was a culture shock and. I really, really had to lean on the Lord through through that time. It was lonely. Uh, I didn't do everything right, but you know I tried to try to do the right thing. And you know, being in the military, it's hard to fit in as a Christian. And that's something you know JC on an earlier episode uh, mentioned, which we me and him grew up together since we were babies. Uh, so we're really good buddies, but. But yeah, man, it's it's lonely when you're when you're doing the right thing and, and trying to to live right in the military, and you know they're all out partying and you're back at the squad bay just by yourself or, or whatever. So so I had a, some good opportunities to just really press in and pray and just lean on the Lord through that. But but yeah, um, as far as like. Where I'm at now, I would say uh, I started going to the river in 2019, I believe. Yeah, April 2019. So I came back from college and once I did, I just got in Marine Corps, I guess end of 2019. Uh, so I started going to the river before that. But uh, that's a church here in Jetsonia. For those of you that are listening. Um, but that's where I really just fell in love with the Lord, and I learned, and it sounds kind of, you know, cliche, but I learned that my relationship with the Lord isn't performance. It's not, if I'm doing good, the Lord's happy with me, and if I mess up, the Lord's mad at me, and I gotta prove myself back to Him. It's not that at all. You know, that's where I learned that God loves me no matter what I do, and I don't have to feel condemnation from my past. I don't have to feel condemnation from, you know, mistakes I make. And I can just just be still and just be in the presence of the Lord. And when you get to that point, it is so overwhelming and so uh, just fulfilling that it, I just it's hard to explain until you experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, I feel like the Lord's calling me into ministry. Uh, 
my heart really goes out to the youth and, and kids. Um, uh, so I, I definitely want to do something in that aspect. Uh, right now I'm just working as a, as a machinist. So I'll probably keep doing that and then move on from there when the Lord calls me to, whether that's going to full-time ministry or keep working a day job and do ministry, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. other, other ways. I mean, ministry is not just full-time in a church or on a missionary. Like, you can do it any which way. It's going to go to Walmart and share Jesus with somebody, you know, it doesn't matter. So That's exactly right. And I really like what you said about ministry uh, specifically because whenever, you know, we talk about a lot on here whenever we think of ministry or we think of like you know being a christian we think of going to church and leading in front of the church and that's not what makes someone a christian you know going to church is not the part of being a christian that's important it's what you do outside the church you know and what are you how are you making an impact on the world um that needs jesus you know and we all need jesus is you know so um i kind of wanted to go back uh, to some something that you said earlier um, a lot of times we talk about uh, making faith your own uh, here on the podcast. Uh, we talk to, to some guys, and it seems like, especially you know, from my own experience, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this as well, growing up in the church, sometimes it can be difficult holding on to a faith that was once our parents and then making that our own, you know, and then, and then really growing past that and, and making it an individual relationship with Jesus. And would you like to talk about your journey with yeah. that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, I agree with that 100% that, you know, growing up in church in the Bible Belt like we did, you know, it's really easy to just to just walk the walk, you know what I mean? And and to fake it till you make it kind of thing. And I'm not saying that I necessarily was faking it, but it was definitely just until I started pursuing the Lord, until I started seeking Him for my own self and not just at church, you know, it's not... Being a Christian and being a Christ follower isn't just one day a week. It's it's every single day. He says, take up your cross daily. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what it takes. It takes every day pursuing Him. And I can tell on days that like maybe I don't read that morning or something, reading the Word. I can tell a difference in my day. I can tell a difference in my attitude, in my in my mind, you know, what I'm thinking. And, and it's it's real and it's it's a big deal. And it takes discipline and it's hard, but you know that's something that that is very necessary when it comes to being a Christ follower and and living for Him is and that's how He teaches you. That's how He speaks to you. He speaks through His Word. You know He can speak in other ways through the Holy Spirit. You know things like that. But it's His Word. Like why would you not want to read the words that Jesus spoke to each and every one of us individually? Yeah, it's to all of us, but it's meant for each and every one of us. And the Holy Spirit will show you verses you'll be reading, and and a verse will just pop out at you. And it's exactly what you needed to hear that day. And that's the Holy Spirit showing you that. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. So That's exactly right. And I think that we oftentimes get lost in like the the big, deep, you know, emotional, spiritual things, but also like, you know, just like the everyday waking up and, and just being in the presence of God, mm-hmm. you know. Like that's there's something amazing about that. We were just talking a little bit before we started recording about uh, the culture, and it's just our culture and, and society today. It's just nasty. Yeah. It is nasty, all over the place. There are people that hate people, and there's disgusting things on TV, and you know, all over the internet and stuff like that. And you know, it's so different to just say, you know what, that's glorified in the culture, but that isn't what's going to satisfy. That isn't what's going to to make me feel the way that I need to and set me in the place that I want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And so being able to have that time with God every day to just reset your mind, you know, and search for that purity, mm-hmm. that purity to cleanse out all of the junk that culture throws in our face all the time yeah. and to have that, that truth that you're talking about and the Word of God, the Spirit of God living and, and breathing, you know, in Scripture mm-hmm. and saying, this is what I want to tell you today. This is what I want you to focus on today. And just being like, wow, this is, you know, this is my problem presented right in the scripture. And I think that that is such an important thing that we don't really talk about, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I also, about, oh, sorry. you know, renewing of the mind. You know, there's, 
many verses that talk about like the the word and meditating on the word renews your mind. And you know, I mentioned how when I don't read, I can tell a difference in my day. I can't imagine life without God. Like mm-hmm. life's hard enough. I can't imagine not having a Lord that I can just run to and fall on just fall on my knees and, and ball and just pour my heart out to him and him encourage me through his word and encourage me, you know, and just lift me up. And and without that, man, I don't know how people do it. Like, what purpose is there in life mm-hmm. besides to share the gospel and to to preach Jesus? I was talking with a guy at, uh, that I used to work with, and I was kind of just asking him, like, trying to start that conversation, you know, about Jesus and, like, what he thinks about it, you know, is he saved, kind of things like that. But, uh, but man, it's like as soon as I started that conversation, it was just immediate, just, like, defense mode that he went into. And I don't know if he got hurt when he was younger by someone in church or, or what, but he's very against it. And, and he said something along the lines of, you know, that we're just, just animals here on earth, just like just like other animals. Like we don't have a spirit that's gonna go to heaven and hell and all this other stuff. And it's like, man, what purpose do you have in life then? If that's not, mm. if that's how you believe, what purpose do you, have, do you is there for us to be alive? He said, there's not. There's not a purpose. And I just, I thought about, I still think about that. How miserable that would be to live like that, and how how miserable to go about your day wondering why am I here I've never met somebody who hasn't wondered why they're here what what is their purpose to be on this earth like what what are they trying to do some people think it's to make a bunch of money and to you know whatever make a name for themselves whatever it is but all those are dead things all those things are not going to fill you up they might for a little bit Sin's fun. Sin will fill you up for a little bit, but it's not going to last. And and that's Jesus Christ is the only thing that's going to last. And man, I can't imagine living without him. That's so true. I think of sin as kind of like sugar because mm-hmm. it tastes really good, and you have that high for a little bit. But as soon as it's over, it's a very very hard and sudden crash, yeah. and you feel awful. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, oftentimes a lot. I think a lot of people. In our world today struggle with that they struggle with you know they want to be fully satisfied but they keep looking for junk food and they keep looking for sugar instead of that true spiritual nourishment and that fulfillment that is Jesus you know mm-hmm. and so and you know I and I agree with you I, I think that it's incredibly difficult to live without that kind of purpose without that kind of of leadership and the ability to turn to God and to have God with you you know and, mm-hmm. and be able to turn to him um, I think of uh, you know Ecclesiastes. Uh, Solomon talks all the time. You know, if you don't, if you've gotten, got, if you don't have God, then everything is meaningless. The man who owned the world said, "I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing if I don't have God." And I think that that's just so powerful. And kind of going back to what you were saying um, about how you've never met somebody who hasn't wondered why I'm here. Why am I here? I think that's because, you know, we're all ingrained to know that there is a why. There is a why. Because we share a creator. And he is that why. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, you brought up Ecclesiastes. I was also going to bring up, he said it's like chasing after the wind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like whenever you're chasing after vanity, is it does feel like it's chasing after the wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, a question that we could pose, I guess, is like, how do we break away from that mindset of chasing after the wind? How do we break away from getting caught up in uh, the temporal and caught up in this world? Man, that's a, that's a, it's hard because coming from where I, growing up, I mean, y'all knew me in high school. I really wasn't a nice person, you know, but I mean, y'all probably remember, like, I was pretty mean a lot of times, and... I had a chip on my shoulder all the time, and and man, it was over, over what? Like it was over nothing. Like trying to prove myself, trying to be the biggest baddest guy. Like that's so, like you said, temp- temporal. Like it's meaningless. And if you're not, if you're not just like trying to share 
if your goal in life is about you and not about spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, everything else is temporal. And and you just it's it's meaningless to go after anything else. So I completely agree. And I think that like it's important, you know, because so many people are stuck in that that mentality of, of temporal living mm-hmm. and that there's nothing else but this, you know, this is material world and nothing else. And and deep down they know it's not true. Yeah. You know, deep down anybody who says, you know, I only believe in a material world, deep down they have something inside of him that makes them unhappy. Yeah. And it makes them because they know in their spirit that it's not right. Yeah. It's not true. There's something else out there. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the first thing before you know, people can, can, you know, look specifically to Jesus is they've got to ask themselves the deep questions. You know, they have to be like, why? You know, and it's a very, very unpopular thing in our culture to ask why. Yeah. You know, it's always what or yeah. when or, or mm-hmm. who, you know, but specifically ask, why do I feel this way? Why am, why is this material world not enough for me? You know, and I believe that once that question why is asked and it is deeply felt and meant and they have intentions of following it, mm-hmm. they're going to find Jesus. And I believe that wholeheartedly. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. And and what sucks for a lot of people is they don't know why. They that's that's our job is to if like if you're listening to this and you believe in Jesus Christ and you you're a Christian, like your job is to go share that to those people. To the people who are questioning why, you know, I think of, you know, famous people. You th- you look at Hollywood, you know, and how not all but majority of people there, they're just chasing that next car, that next girl, that next house. And, but if they don't stop, they're never content. It never fills them up. And and a lot of people in this world, not just in the world but in the United States, don't know why they feel so empty. Yeah, they feel great the day they buy that car, but two weeks later, you know, how do you feel? You know what I mean? And they don't know why, so they go out and they try and do it again. Or they try and get a better one. They try and get a prettier girl. They try and get a bigger house. Like, they just keep chasing that that temporal high of that feel-good moment. Whenever whenever there's Jesus Christ, who can you have that feel-good moment constantly. You know, you can have you can have that feel good moment at all times and not feel that void and not feel that just pit in your stomach and in your heart like there's something that's missing. And and that's our job is to go out and share that with people and share the love of God to those who've never even heard of him. And and so man, like what else is there to do? So That's a that's an excellent question. And I think, you know, specifically for Christians, you know, it's so much more than just words, mm-hmm. you know, our actions, no matter what we say, no matter what we think, no matter what we believe, if our actions do not show our love for God and the love of God to the world, mm-hmm. then we failed, you know, because mm-hmm. people aren't going to listen to us if our lives don't reflect the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, whenever we talk about, you know, being Christians, what does that mean? In Christ. You know, you're in the presence of Christ. Your life, your entire being is transformed, you know? We can't we can't even begin to start thinking of, oh, what if I just left? What if I can't you know, we're completely on fire, we're completely dedicated and completely bought in. And people see that. Like people mm-hmm. see that light. That they see that you're happy all the time or they see that you're encouraging others and that you're you're walking through the door at work with a smile on your face at six o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, people see that and they, they take notice. And that's where it starts, man, is like your actions, like you said, like that's that is sharing the love of Jesus. Yeah, we need to speak with our words as well, but it starts with your actions. It starts how you're living. And people people notice really quick. If you could sum up your life in one word, what would it be? And why does that word resonate with you? Man, I would say journey. It has been a journey. And every time I plan something out in my life, how I think my future is going to go, or I try to make it go that way, the Lord completely changes it. 
And, you know, for starters, I dreamed of being in the Marine Corps since I was in fourth grade. And so that was like a 10-year dream. And when I was 18, you know, I finally fulfilled that dream. And it was, you know, I had that temporal high, right? And, and it was great. But, man, the Lord wrecked my life. And I started struggling with depression and, like, anxiousness, things like that. Some stuff I'd never dealt with before. And I was quiet about it for about a year. I didn't tell anybody for, like, a year. Until it built up so much, man, that all of a sudden, I was suicidal. And, like, man... The Lord humbled me immensely. So in the Marine Corps, I was a squad leader, so I was in charge of like 12 other Marines. And when they found out I was suicidal, they stripped me of my leadership. They stripped me, like they took my, my gun away from me. And I was in what's called headquarters platoon, carrying water to the other guys and sitting in Humvees. And man, that wrecked my pride. Like, I was so prideful, and it was, it was all about, like, being the, being the biggest guy, right? Being the best leader, being the best, you know, shot, whatever, whatever it was. And whenever I had to, I remember, I remember one instance, everyone was in formation, and I remember walking across in front of a formation over to headquarters platoon, and I felt so ashamed, because I had just gone from being a leader of 12 other guys to a nobody. And, man, the Lord wrecked me. And the, and the Lord, I thought I was going to be in the Marine Corps for my full contract. And that was my goal. But the Lord had other plans. And because of the whole, like, being suicidal for a time, you know, I ended up getting out of the Marine Corps. And it was honorably... But, you know, what do I tell people? I didn't finish my contract, you know what I mean? And it wasn't just like I was kicked out. It was, it was like, man, it's the Lord worked, worked it for my good, though. Like, once I got out, man, I started to flourish. That's when I started going to the river, uh, the church here. And that's whenever I just fell in love with the Lord and just really just got my own relationship uh, personal relationship with him and started pursuing him way more than I ever used to in life and man it completely changed my world and you know but but that's what I'm saying is like my life I had planned to go this one way and the Lord changed that and I'm now going a completely different way than I thought I was going to but and this happened more than once like smaller things or like with college you know I wanted to get a bachelor's degree well, you know, I got my associates, and now I'm not in college anymore. Like, the Lord had other plans for me, and college isn't meant for everybody. You know what I mean? And, but I'm just, my life has been a long journey that I've, it feels long. You know, only being 22 years old, I know a lot of people listening to this are older than that. You're probably thinking, oh, if, if, I, if you only knew kind of thing, but, uh, but man, it's just been a journey where, looking back, I can see how the Lord changed my path for the good and how the reasons, I can see the reasons why he did that. You know, you can't, in the moment, you can't see that. And you're like, God, what's what's going on? What is this? Like, and you're just questioning and you're upset and all those other things. But you look back on it one day and you're thankful that God took you out of that season and put you in another mm-hmm. one or changed your, the course of your path because it could have led you down a path you didn't want to go. And they would have turned you into a person you didn't want to be. You know what I mean? So it's been a journey. No, I've experienced the same thing too. Where you just you're out. I'm. I, it was with me. I was out of high school, went into college, and just all that. And then the Lord humbled me too. It reminds me in the book um, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, mm-hmm. where he talks about he will take away that false self to yeah. bring you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think you know. God loves you too much to let you go down a path that is wrong. Yes, He does. You know, and if you, even if it's exactly what you think you want in life, mm-hmm. I know, you know, from pers- from my own personal experience too. Like I've, 
I've had that experience where I thought I knew exactly this is the direction my life is going. Yeah. This is my future, you know, until I die, basically. And almost instantly that was gone. And I just think of, you know, and how I hurt. I, I know I still sometimes hurt from, you know, from the, some of that stuff, but it hurts. But at the same time, I look back on it and I'm just like, I wouldn't have it any other way because I know that he was saving me from something that I was going down. And, you know, it's just, it's all about control, you know, because we love to have control on, of our lives. We love to know exactly where we're going, what we're doing. Yeah. Um, if we knew the number of our days, we would probably, you know, we'd probably coordinate it, you know. Okay. Um, but the beauty about God is that he doesn't, he doesn't require control. He requires faith. Yeah, and obedience. And obedience. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that surrender of control to God and saying, you know what, you're the one who writes the story of my life, not me. Yeah. Please show me the way that I need to walk. And he will. Yeah. You know? And it, it takes, it's not just one time you do that. You got to... Every single day. Man, mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. I catch myself sometimes, like, trying to force something to happen. And I'm like, oh, just take a step back. And like, all right, Lord, like, if this isn't you, like, I'll walk away from it right now. You know what I mean? But... Yeah, you gotta catch yourself sometimes. Yeah. Tell us what spiritual leadership means to you. So I'm, I was really excited for this question because having that experience in the Marine Corps of being in a leadership role um, and getting that first-hand experience of that and how the world looks at leadership and it, even in a good leader isn't pushing you from behind like a boss. He's leading you from the front. Mm -hmm. He's he's helping pull you along. And biblically, I think what makes a leader is is servanthood. Is going from the, the instead of being like the world and being like the highest of the high, you put yourself at the lowest. And in doing so you'll be exalted. You know, that verse says, uh, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And, man, that's so true. Mm -hmm. And, that, like, I experienced that. I was exalting myself. I was prideful. And the Lord humbled me in a big way. And I was so ashamed of it. But looking back, I'm so thankful for it. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that, that I was turn into a nobody in a sense because and I get like emotional talking about it because who would I be if that hadn't happened you know what I mean mm -hmm. and so man just servanthood yeah definitely I think that uh, humility and servanthood is just so pivotal you know to the to the entire aspect of being a Christian yeah. you know mm -hmm. and I think that you know, we, we talked about it in one of the past episodes, you know, real, like, that leadership that we talk about, you know, is just pointing to the real leader, mm -hmm. you know, and just being a beacon of saying, you know what, I'm nothing, yeah. but I serve some, I serve someone who's so much greater than anything else. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at Jesus, the whole time he was here, he was serving. Mm -hmm. Never mm -hmm. once did he exalt himself in any way, yeah. even on the cross, he said, Lord, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And and he made himself the lowest of the low and figured out creative ways to to lift other people up and to to glorify his father. Mm -hmm. And man, that's that's what we're called to do every single day. Yeah. My favorite story of all time is the woman at the well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where he breaks all the boundaries mm -hmm. to go talk to that woman. Yeah. You know. That's so true. Whenever he whenever Jesus sat down and talked to the woman at the well, he broke social boundaries, he broke racial boundaries, he broke he broke uh was in uh country boundaries too, mm -hmm. like political boundaries as well. And and yet he treated her with respect when nobody else in that time did. She was you know, she was disgraced and that type of thing and, and people hated her. Yeah. And Jesus God himself, in the flesh, mm -hmm. sits down and says, can I have a drink? Yeah. And has a real conversation with her. And I think, you know, that is, 
that's the heart of God right there. And that's that's what I think we should be doing too, you know, yeah. is is it doesn't matter what someone else has done. It doesn't matter what other people what the world labels other people as, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, God sees so much more than the past mistakes that we've made. And and to anyone listening, you are more than the problems you create and, and all of the sins that you've done in your past. You are loved by God, the creator of the universe, and he thought you were special enough to come down into human form and pay the price for all of your shortcomings by dying on a cross, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's something I wanted to to mention too, like coming into this when I was thinking about it, I was like, I wanted to make sure whoever's listening to this knows that God loves them and knows that they are special and that nothing they've ever done can separate them from the love of God. You know, all they got to do is just just open their arms and just fall into the arms of God and just sometimes you just got to you just got to fall into his arms and just cry and just be held and just 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 sit there for a while, you know. But he's going to pick you up. He's going to brush the dust off of you and and he's going to encourage you and show you how to walk through life and show you, you know, how to how to do those things and you know anyone who's listening to this who hasn't given their heart to the Lord you know like that's something you really need to think about and and if that's something that you feel called to do do it why wait mm-hmm. why wait you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow you don't know if you're going to die going home tonight you know why wait why risk it like you have a you have a on one end you have a life of I'm not gonna say it's gonna be all fine and dandy and roses. It's it's hard. But there is a peace <laughs> that's that's so much different than than without Jesus. And there is a purpose that's so much different than it is without Jesus. <laughs> and God's calling each and every one of us to give our heart to him and to and to live a life that brings him glory mm-hmm. and to share with others go to the lowest of the low share with other go find people go go sit with that kid at school that you know is sitting by himself go talk to go reach out to that person at work that's weird and no one likes to talk to you know what i mean mm-hmm. Go go find a homeless person or whatever it is, man. Like, that's what we're called to do, and when we're not doing that. When we're not sharing the word of God and sharing the love of God to other people, it's meaningless. It's so meaningless. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like a year ago that I realized that. And I'm like, what have I been doing with my whole life? Like, why have I wasted all this time to? For all these things that are so meaningless and pointless and just, it's a dead end. Like, and and I made a decision, you know, a little while back that, alright, it's time. Like, Lord, I can tell you're calling me deeper. You're calling me to the next step. And you're calling me to do something for you with my life and not just run down this road that has no end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, that's what the Lord is calling each and every one of us to do. And to those of you that are listening, like, if you want to give your heart to the Lord, do it. Mm-hmm. Text, text, if you follow the social media, like, text it or DM it, whatever you got to do, you know, and we can help take you through those steps. Uh, but man, take that step. Mm-hmm. Just pray and ask the Lord, Lord, like, it can be the most awkward prayer you've ever, you'll, you'll feel so awkward the first time you ever pray. You know, God, you know, here I am, these three guys on a podcast told me to talk to you, like, you know what I mean? But, but start there, and then, and then write in, you know, text in, whatever it is, and, and tell us, like, let us know so we can, we can help you take those next steps. That's so true. We want, we want to help every single one of you in any way that we can, and we're not perfect. We don't have everything figured out, but we know that, that God loves you, and He loves all of us, and He knows what you need, and He wants to complete you. He wants to make he wants to give you the fullness of life, you know? And I think of 
specifically our our world is so caught up in what we do. A person is defined by what you do. And I'm here to tell you that that is not true. You are not defined by the past mistakes that you made. You're not defined by a mistake that you made today. And you're not defined by the future mistakes that you're going to make. You're defined by the love of God who created you in a unique and beautiful way. And your life has value just just because of that. And He thought you were worth it. You know, He thought that you were worth it. He didn't say, oh, well, they messed up, so I guess they're not mine anymore. No, he went, he came here and he bought us back. He bought you back. And he would do it if you were the only person on earth. One, one uh, analogy I've heard before that's really cool is uh, you take an object like, I don't know, just say like my watch. Would you, would you buy my watch for, for a dollar? Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you buy it for $500? No. Yeah, probably not. Well... If you're willing to pay a dollar for it, that means it's worth a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus, or God was willing to send Jesus. He was willing to pay the price of His own Son for one person. For each, whoever's listening, it's for you. He was willing to pay the price of His Son for you. So to God, you're worth as much as Jesus or more. That's how much God loves you. That He gave His own Son to die on the cross for you. For each and every one of you. And I love that analogy because it just, it kind of like opened my eyes and I was like, whoa. Like, God thinks I'm as valuable to him as Jesus. And that just blew my mind. He gave everything for us. Everything. And I think, you know, that's that's the heart of God and that's the, the glory of God. You know, we talked about earlier, like, what is that purpose of a Christian? That purpose is glorifying God. What is the glory of God? It's humbling ourselves and lifting up other people and showing that same sacrificial, altruistic, self-giving love to other people, you know, and letting them know that they are loved by God and that they have a purpose in life too, you know? And so it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And I implore anybody that's listening, that's curious or questioning, please, you know, DM us or, 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 you know, ask ask your friends who are believers if you have friends or who are believers, or and most importantly, talk to God. Just just take that first step. You know, Parker said it earlier. You know, maybe it's an awkward uh, God. I haven't prayed in a while or ever before, but you know, I know that this is something that I want to talk about. Something that I want to pursue, and I promise you, He will take that opportunity and He will show you the way. You know, one thing I always thought was, you know, back in high school, was I always thought I had to be, I'd have everything right. Yeah. I'd have everything in an order to follow God and start talking about Him. And then I realized recently that He loves you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you can talk to other people about Him. Yeah. And you don't have to have it all on the line. Because some days I still struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He calls us to be bold. Mm-hmm. And be unashamed of the gospel and unashamed of, of him. And I remember growing up, times that like I knew that's what I was supposed to do was share the, share the word of God, but I was scared to. I was almost embarrassed. As awful as that sounds, I was embarrassed to talk to other, some random person about Jesus. But man, like when you start doing that and you start like really growing, like really pursuing the Lord and having that personal relationship with he, with him, that's all you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter what your day job is. It doesn't matter, you know, what your hobbies are, what you do for fun. Like, you want to mm-hmm. figure out ways, whatever you are doing in life, you want to figure out ways to incorporate Jesus in every single way and, and to, to share him in every single way to anybody and everybody. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a change. You know, the, the, uh, the Bible talks about the old man dying and, and the new man being raised up. And it, for those of you listening that haven't heard that before, that's whenever you give your heart to the Lord, you, you lay aside the old man. You lay aside the old person you were, and, and you have a new, per, a new body, a new person, and the way God looks at you is perfect. He looks at you like he, he sees you washed clean, and, and that is because of God dying on the cross that did that. Like That's why God sees you perfect and clean is because Jesus died for you to do that and you didn't have to pay anything for it like mm-hmm. and so so we owe it 
like that's that's we owe our lives to God and and to furthering his kingdom. What is the most important trait a Christian can have? I would say love. Absolutely love because without that it's there's nothing. Mm -hmm. Like the Bible even talks about that love's the greatest, you know, the greatest thing. I got the verse pulled up here. First, First Corinthians thirteen thirteen. Three things will last forever: faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And man, you look at at uh, Jesus when he was here on on the earth. All he did was love. Mm -hmm. That's all he did. Even when he was correcting people, he did it in love. And and so, I mean, that's what he calls us to do is just go love on people, man. That's so true. Um, I think, uh, I actually think of a song. Uh, I was listening to a song earlier today called Proof by Freaking Country. Um, let my life be the proof of your love. Let my love look like you and what you're made of. How you lived and how you died. Love that sacrifice. Let my life be the proof of your love. Yeah. And I think that that is... I think that is the prayer of every Christian, you know, and that's our, that is ultimately our goal, is to radiate that love to a world that is just filled with hate, you know, and have that light, first light our lives, and then, you know, Lord willing, light the way for other people as well. Yeah, I think, you know, in a world where we, I've talked about this before, where we, where there's, like with social media, it's easy to hate somebody on the opposite side. Or talk bad about them but like you said love Jesus came and he loved everyone mm -hmm. and I think specifically uh, we hate is so prevalent in our society today um, and I mentioned a little bit earlier about how people are defined by the mistakes that they've made in this world and I'm not saying that there aren't punishments for sin I'm not saying that there aren't consequences because there are there are consequences for sin but I'm saying that there is redemption in the name of Jesus mm -hmm. you know and you know, and if you are feeling, if you've made a mistake that makes you just feel dirty or inadequate or it makes other people look down on you or your reputation is ruined because of it, you know, there's redemption in Jesus. Yeah. That, old, that old person, Parker, you talked about it. Whenever you give your life to Jesus, that old person is dead. He doesn't exist anymore. She doesn't exist anymore. You are a new creation, a new human, a new, a new image of God, yeah. you know, and... It doesn't matter, you know. And yes, you may have to live with the consequences of those decisions, but you can have newness of life and you can have that fulfillment and that purpose. Absolutely. And it's through repentance. Mm -hmm. You know, repentance means doing a 180. You're going one way, you turn around 180, and you go the complete opposite way. That's what repentance is. And it's in the heart. It's not just actions. It is repentance of the heart. Mm -hmm. And through that, your actions will show You'll show that. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, even further looking into it, for anybody that's struggling with hate or struggling with forgiveness of, of people, and I understand, you know, like there are... Forgiveness is hard. We need to say that too. You know, love is, love is the most important thing a Christian can have. It's also one of the hardest things to do, you know. Um, but I think that whenever we look at instead of the mistakes of other people in this world, we look at the mistakes that we've made. Yeah. And if we stop comparing the mistakes that we've made to the mistakes that other people have made in this world, and we start comparing our mistakes to God, then we start realizing that we're all imperfect and we're all broken people. Yeah. And then somehow we can find a way to, to find love for that person and realize, you know what? I'm no better than that person. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as one human being better than another person. You know, forgiveness doesn't make that person right. It makes you free. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness. Without forgiveness, you're bound. You're bound, and that opens a door for the devil to attack you in ways that are crazy, like stuff that you know. That's a whole other study. But like that opens a door to demonic spirits and things like that. And that's where a lot of times, you know, I I had to one time. Like when I was struggling with depression, I had to to really look at myself as like, all right, like what area, what am I doing wrong? Like, and the Lord showed me like I had unforgiveness in my heart, 
And man, when you forgive, and it like I said, it doesn't make that person right. And and they're still gonna like the Lord the Lord's gonna judge them. The Lord's gonna take care of you. He's gonna give you justice, whatever you need, but like it might not be in this life, it might be in the next, but but it makes you so free when you forgive. It takes a weight off your shoulders and you just feel like light as a feather, especially mm-hmm. after you've had unforgiveness for so long. When you do finally forgive and just let it go, give it to the Lord and put it in His hands, you feel so weightless, and it's amazing. Definitely. What is the biggest lesson you have learned from being a young adult? I think going back to what I had said about what was I doing, wasting all this time in my life until recently, you know, in the past year or so, maybe a little more, but start now. Start living for Jesus now. Stop worrying about stuff that doesn't mean anything. You know, in high school, is all about fitting in and being the most popular person and, you know, being the best person on the football field or whatever sport you play or having the best grades. Yeah, like, do your best in all things because that's, that's what, you know, that's just what we're supposed to do. But, like, don't make don't make it about that. Give it your all, but make it about Jesus. Make it about living for Jesus and showing other people that, that you love them and that God loves them. And, and start now. The verse talks about, I don't remember where it's found, I can look it up, but it talks about don't let people look, look down on you because you're young. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say something along the lines of, but, but essentially live a life that other people look up to you and look up look at Jesus because of you mm-hmm. and so that's 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 what I'd say is just start now don't wait doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter if you're 12 years old or if you're 50 years old mm-hmm. and whatever life you've lived before this when you give your heart to the Lord and you decide and you and you repent just start now like none of that matters the old you is gone and, and you have a fresh slate. And you might not feel like that because people might still remember the old you. Mm-hmm. But when you show them the love of God, the, over time they'll see a difference. And, and they'll notice a difference. And and so, yeah, just just start now. Mm, that's, that's such a, a powerful thing, you know, because I think a lot of times um, we can get caught up in this out. You know, I, I can do it tomorrow. You know, I can, I can start tomorrow. I'll start, you know, you know, and it's just so important. You know, like there's a there's a saying. I know this is cheesy or cliche or whatever you whatever you will. But uh, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Yeah. You know, and that that's honestly so true. You know, mm-hmm. it's just if we take the time today to you know maybe it's just say a prayer. Say that first prayer of, you know, God, I want to live right. I want to I want to be fulfilled in the way that I'm living, and I want you. I want to be in your presence. I want to, to know what it's like to have a real relationship, you know, and I want to, that deep fulfillment and purpose and understanding and peace. You know, maybe that's the first step. Maybe that first step is talking to that person that you had a falling out with a long time ago, you know. Maybe it's, you know, it could be a parent. It could be a family member, you know. Um, whatever, whoever it is, you know, maybe that's maybe that's another step that you can take is, you know, giving over, giving that frustration or anger or unforgiveness over to God, you know, and saying, God, I want this, and I'm going to show that I'm giving you this aspect that has been a defining part of me, you know, yeah. and I think there's so, like you were saying, there's so much freedom in that and joy and purpose and just surrender to God. I think adding to, to what I just said, I would say open your word. Get in your word. Mm-hmm. If you have a question about life, about anything, get in your word. It's all in here. Everything. How to be a good dad. How to be a good mom, a good husband. How to, how to deal with your finances. It's all in here. And the Lord will speak to you through this more than anything. He'll speak to you through the word of God. Mm-hmm. But it takes discipline. It takes it takes you opening it up and reading it. I hate reading. 
I really do. I do not like reading. You know, if I'm going to listen or read a book, I listen to it on audiobook. You know, and, but but man, it it takes it takes discipline and it takes action. But the Lord will reward you for that action, and He'll show you, and He'll guide you. And I mean, this is this is the map of our life, right here. It's the whole purpose of our life. It is. It's what gives our life meaning. Is in this. It's all in this book. And so I just say, open, open your word. I know an occasion with me was I was dealing with just anger towards somebody, and I remember just opening up in Matthew where he talks about love your enemies, and then I read more, and it says go the extra mile for them. Yeah. And so I found that just really, really powerful. Like the Holy Spirit was talking to me that day. That's another step of you know, forgiveness and making yourself free, when you can forgive somebody and then bless them, mm-hmm. it, it says in, in the Word, it says you're you're heaping coals of shame on their heads. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's not, how you get back at somebody is not by resenting them and holding a grudge and just being mean to them. Like, give it to the Lord and mm-hmm. in the goodness of your heart, bless them. Bless them. Bless the person that hurt you. And in doing so, like, I mean, it's not the whole purpose of it. Like, your purpose isn't just to heap, you know, coals of shame on their head, but that's what ends up happening is when you bless that person and they're like, oh, wow, like, I was so mean to him, but he's super nice to me all the time, you know. And, And that's what the Lord did. I mean, Jesus, when he was here, people, he was murdered. And he still loved everybody. He still forgave everybody. And because of that, like, you know good and well, the people that put him on the cross, when he raised three days later, raised from the dead, you know good and well that they were so guilty and so ashamed that they had done that. When they realized he was the Savior, like, I don't even want to imagine what they were feeling. That would be awful. I think of in uh, Acts 2, it talks about you know, Peter come coming up uh, to to preach to a great mass, basically, and uh, he and he told them basically like this guy that you just crucified and that you're celebrating like his death, that's the Messiah, and it said that they were cut to the heart, you know, and so you know I think of like that feeling that you're describing, and it's just like they said, what can we do? And that's exactly, you know, it's the same message that we're saying here today is just give your life to God. Give your life to Jesus, and He forgives freely and openly. And He's—that's Peter talking to the literal people that crucified Jesus. If Jesus is willing to forgive the people that murdered Him, how much more is He willing to forgive you for anything that you've done in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, do you have anything else to say? I want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do another episode sometime. Definitely. Absolutely. No, this is really good. I really enjoyed it. Good. Well, this has been the Steadfast Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week. Out.